0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of What a Colorful World a podcast where we sit down with creative and entrepreneurial minds to talk about why they do what they do and how they got into it. And today I'm very excited to be able to sit down with one of our new clients, actually all the way from Odessa, Texas, the CEO and creative mind of Ink Lion Designs, Scott Wyndham. Thanks for being here.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Rylan. Excited to be here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, lovely drive up to Odessa today.
1: Very picture- picturesque. It was It was all really the mountains. Nice. It was nice. And-
0: I'm used to driving about four hours okay. uh, to Dallas. So two hours felt like a breeze, right. barely, barely noticed it. Um, are you from Odessa? Originally? I am.
1: I am born and raised in Odessa, graduated from Odessa high back in the olden days of 1998. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Went out to the East Coast for mm-hmm. about twelve years. Was in Virginia. Okay. You want me to keep going?
0: No, I love that. So, okay. so what brought you to the East Coast originally?
1: College. Uh-huh. Yeah, I went to went to school Liberty University uh-huh. out in Lynchburg, Virginia. Gotcha. And um, met my wife out there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, we stayed out there for a few years.
0: That's very cool. What is it like over there? Compared to compared
1: to Odessa, Texas. Compared to well, there is no comparison to Odessa, Texas. Oh, okay, got gotcha. you. know, I mean, we love Odessa. Um, we are thankful to be back in Odessa after mm-hmm. those twelve years, and we've actually been back in Odessa now for a decade. But wow, um, you know, we had college there in Virginia, and then we went up to New York City for a few years. Oh, okay, and uh, so that was a little bit of a change. Yeah, you know, um, a little bit of a, a different vibe and culture and very speed, much so. you know did you actually live like in new york we did um our first little apartment was on the upper i wouldn't call it the upper west side it was just south of harlem like 125th and broadway sure. area sure. and um that was just a we were just there for like a month or so okay and then we had a studio apartment on the upper east side and felt like we were really living the high life you know <laughs> on the upper east side yeah and, yeah yeah um, and then after about a year, we moved out into Queens, which okay. there were a lot of creatives. A lot of, at the time, I mean, you know, we were in our early 20s at that time. And sure. So a lot of our friends were out there. And it was, um, you know, if you're from New York, you know, especially if you know Astoria, you yeah, know, that means yeah, yeah. um, really cool place. A lot of, a lot of, um, artists and actors and right. creatives that were in the city at that time.
0: Yeah. And
1: and what was the exact reason that you decided, oh, we're going to New York City? Well, um, so our background was in performance and theater. Yeah. And so um, after, you know, finishing our undergrads, uh, my wife Nikki and I decided, hey, you know, Let's Yolo, go for right? It. Like yep, you only yep. live once. And so yep. we packed up our um, – our, uh, little car and whatever we couldn't fit in the car we sold in the garage sale uh-huh. and we drove into new york city it was pouring rain wow and we drove across the george washington bridge mm-hmm. from jersey into the city and mm-hmm. um our first the first apartment was a six-floor walk up you know so we oh, get there gosh. middle of july raining we had packed everything on the top um, of the car, the, uh-huh. you know? So all of our stuff was soaked and, um, gosh, and I remember, you know, we got up to that sixth floor and my wife looked at me and she's like, what are we doing? Uh-huh, and, you know, uh-huh. and um, I said, we're living life. We're doing it. We're, doing it. we're doing it. We're doing it. We're the big apple. We're never, you know, we're never going back. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Um, and so we, you know, we did, we, we got, uh, you know, big boy and big girl jobs and auditioned when we could and did mm-hmm. a few shows here and there. And, um, uh, had some really, really cool opportunities, met some amazing people. Uh-huh. And um yeah, we're there for two and a half years or so. Mm-hmm. Um and then we took a job, both of us took jobs um as actors, performers mm-hmm. at a theater down in East Tennessee in the oh, okay. Pigeon Forge, gotcha, you know, Dolly Parton area area right, of, right, right. Of, of East Tennessee. Yeah. And um that's where we were for about four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and it actually transitioned from being on stage at a theater to becoming a creative arts pastor of a church okay. there gotcha. in Tennessee. Gotcha. And um, our first, our oldest child was born there. Uh, and um, yeah, we had a great time. We love Tennessee. I yeah. Mean, our house. It's an amazing overlooked, place, you know the Smoky Mountains. Like, oh wow! You had turkey and deer walking across your front yard. And oh, that sounds like a, the dream. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, and everybody's like, "Well, why'd you go back to Odessa?" Uh-huh, uh-huh. I said, "Well, you know, you can't can't keep a West Texas boy from coming home." I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so, actually, when Nikki was pregnant with our second child. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we got the call to, um, interview and come home to our home church, right, Odessa, right, right. just Crossroads Fellowship now. Mm-hmm. And, um, at first, you know, I looked over at Nikki and she's like, I'm not going to Odessa. Uh-huh. I like Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm not leaving the East coast. Yeah. And, um, and she's originally from California. So uh, she, you know, okay. she had gone from California to the East coast, New York city. right? And I think, you know, um, Looking at Odessa, it was like, well, that's neither one of you know, there's exactly there's no oceans, <laughs> you know, no seas, there's <laughs> not at all. So, we got a little here in Odessa, we got Buffalo Wallow, you know, uh-huh. and um, but uh, we came out here in 2009, okay, and our second child was born. Um, I, am I okay? I'm just kind of go right No, okay. I love it. So no, I,
0: I didn't even know that you like <laughs> were performing in New York uh, and yeah. so, Tennessee. It's amazing. So we've
1: kind of, you know, we met and that was, that was 10 years ago, or a little over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. We bet here. Annie was born and, um, we were on staff there at Crossroads. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, um, 2015, we actually this is kind of a side note. Well, sure. Not really a side note. It's a major chapter in our story. But, okay. Okay. Um, but we started the process of adoption of our third child mm-hmm. in 2010. Gotcha. Um, and we adopted a little boy from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we can do another podcast someday where we dive yeah. into adoption. For but sure. It, it, it it's... Um, it was a process. Mm. It was a five-year process. That's what I hear. Um, and we didn't end up bringing him home. In fact, he wasn't even born when we started the process of adoption. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just you, you sign up to adopt. I'm, I'm totally oversimplifying just, this. But, sure. you know, you do all the paperwork, you put some money in, and then you basically stand in line is really sure. what it feels sure. like. Um, and um, we got the call in 2014 mm. that um, – that our son was was in an orphanage in Ethiopia, and um, we had some more hoops to jump through. But mm-hmm. once we jumped through those and, and did kind of the final push, we could come and meet him and officially adopt him in Ethiopia, and then a few weeks later and bring him home. Wow! And, uh, he's now six years old and full of life. His name's Samuel. That's awesome, and uh, keeps us young. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so yeah. So that's kind that's of our great, story,
0: man. So you went from you went from doing performance art to now with incline and design, you're doing a whole lot of, you know, design from sort of the computer side of things. Sure. Was that, was that something you were into on any level even back then when you were kind of in the performing days? You know,
1: I mean, I can remember having, I can remember being a child and like I was never real, gifted artistically as far as like drawing or painting or you know Mm -hmm. um but i was i was always imaginative and right you know and i can remember you know um like these uh, they used to have these things back in the 80s where you would like put it on a piece of paper and you would like scribble like use a coin or something yeah and the imprint would go under the paper and i have no idea what the process is called or anything like that oh i know what you're you know, talking about like, yeah it, and and so i can remember as a kid like making labels and making uh-huh. you know different things with the you know they might have given me a the head of an eagle or you know um, and you could put it on the body of a tiger yeah. or, you know whatever yeah. and, and um i can remember playing you know and just loving that um, I think going from, I think there's always been a creative streak in me. I've mm. always, I mean, I've always. Yeah, clearly. You know, clearly. yeah. I mean, I, I love um, the creative aspect and it's part of my personality and, mm-hmm. and part of, you know, what I am and what I do. Um, but, you know, so making that transition and working with people and helping them to to engage their Ideas and right. then really bring them to fruition has been um, has been a journey. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously you have to you have to learn the skills. You have to learn how to design on a computer, and yeah,
0: which is a whole different.
1: It's a whole like, different beast. you
0: when I always tell people too. Like I, I did grow up like sort of drawing a lot and doing you know drew my own comic books and things like that. But when you're jumping into like the world of computer design, mm-hmm. it's like combining. Math and like tech skills yeah. and a whole bunch of other factors to get that, like that really nice, clean yeah finished product.
1: Well, and I, you know, you mentioned that about being on the computer. I, my, so I, you know, growing up, I, I played sports, um, and I was in the choir, mm-hmm. um, and uh, in high school, we had to take an. Ele- My senior year, I had to take an elective, right? And one of the electives I could take was like computer science, or mm-hmm. you know, and all it really was was learning how to use Microsoft Office. You know, like you right. learn how to use Word, how to use Paint, how to how to use um, those different um, uh, Excel and and but that was in the late '90s. It was all relatively new to us mm-hmm. you know i mean my first computer i was in sixth grade and it was like an, i think it was an apple 2ge you know or, oh gosh uh, you know, and, and with the printer that had the little holes on the side that you had to roll you on, had to you roll know, it yeah. uh-huh and that's crazy obviously no color everything was like little printed off in little x's and yep. stuff um but this computer class um my teacher came to me about halfway through the year, and she was like, "Hey, I think you could actually comp- compete in UIL computer skills." Or Interesting. you know, I've I,
0: never even heard of
1: that. Listen, neither had I. Like I'm sitting <laughs> there going, "UIL computer." There's a UIL computer program. Okay. One? And so we actually I competed at the district level, and I I think I won district, and then we went to. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it was in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Region was in Lubbock and I competed at the regional level yeah um, and placed regionally and so I went to state in computer. I don't even know what it was called. Like I only did it the one year and I kind of kept laughing at myself going,
0: yeah, this is fascinating. What, to me. I, 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 I do you
1: all like get on a stage and like, it's like ready? No, go. No, it's, it's seriously it's type. like, I know it's like, can you sing, dance and type? No, uh-huh. it's, um, it very much was, they, they put you in a room mm-hmm. with, you know, like 20 other people and you each had your own little computer there and it was mm-hmm. on those spread out desks, you know, that yeah. they used to have in the late nineties and stuff. And um and then they would hand you a packet and they you had to complete that packet. And it was everything from, you know, you had to know the different you mentioned math, you had to know the different algebraic formulas to put in the different cells to, to get the different, you know, and then you had to take that spreadsheet and mm-hmm. cut and paste it into a Word document and like you had to make this and whole And I'm assuming
0: this is like timed. Yeah, it was very much timed. Uh-huh, and uh-huh.
1: so and, and and the way you graded, they were like, but how, how much of it you com- completed, right. And then how much of it was correct, correct. of what you completed, you right? Know, and in the time allotted, and needless to say, I I you know I, I had people are always shocked when I say this, but like I would get really really nervous. Um, oh, when I was, I, I'm getting when I was nervous listening to about it. it. But, but like you know, inquire when we would go to district or state or whatever. I would just I had to really learn how to control my nerves and I yeah. would get nervous in these computer competitions. Yeah. <laughs> I can't laugh at myself yeah. on this, but um, and, and uh, you know, it was um, it was fun. I still, the teacher um, who was my teacher that year um, is still a friend of ours that mm-hmm. I see around town on occasion And we always laugh, Uh you know. We're like, "Can we believe that?" She's always like, "I can't believe you let me put enter you in that." I'm like, "I can't believe that you suckered me into that," you know. Um, But it probably helped though. Very helpful, Uh you know. I mean, because then you once you kind of have that basic working knowledge of how some of these programs work. Yeah, they've changed over the years, but the initial concept has stayed the same. Yeah, and. You know, I, I'm not into the programming and the right, you know, the data speak and all that stuff. Sure. But as far as like being able to um, to work those computer programs and those graphic design mm-hmm. um, suites, it, it definitely played into you know. And then there's a lot of the cool thing about it is if you want to learn something, the information's out there. Oh yeah, more than to ever. teach yourself. You more know? than ever, it's crazy. Um, and that's how when I really got into designing, I, I had a Mac. And I would just design stuff on like uh, whatever that basic program is on the Mac, like the um, it's like Word, but for Mac users. Oh, Pages. Pages, yeah, Pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could, you know, you can do a lot in Pages actually. Really. Um, when you're desperate, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> when you don't realize that <gasps> yeah. there's, you know, um, Corel and sure. Photoshop and all these other things, uh-huh. you, you, you can really get away with doing a lot um, on Pages. Mm-hmm. But then I discovered. Okay, so those concepts, if I take them over here into the Adobe Suite or into right. Corel or into any of these design programs, the concepts are the same. It's just kind of learning what the language is. You know? Yeah,
0: they do all sort of have their own language. And mm-hmm. I, I love that that's how you started because I had a very similar start when it came to graphic design where you know I, I'm making like logos in PowerPoint by stacking... Uh, shapes on top of each other and things like that yeah, you know like yeah. so the wrong way right. but i feel like in the long term having to work around stuff yeah. sort of makes you even more equipped absolutely because you're you're having to figure out in a hard situation how to like still get the end result you want well
1: and i love it too because there's we have a lot of clients a lot of partners with us who they don't have that design element but they have that mm-hmm. creative the, that creative streak. Yeah. And so they know what they want, but they don't know necessarily how to get it in there, get it in there. Mm-hmm. And so they will, I mean, I have a customer right now who we just did some design work with and she created it in PowerPoint, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it really, I was like, okay, now let's translate that into what it will look like on a t-shirt. Right. And we were able to take her, you know, very, very, Um, specific concept, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and make it a reality for these t-shirts that she was ordering. Right. So, you know, it's, it's that to me, um, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. And I think with creatives, creatives always figure out a way, whether it's pages, you know, um, uh, PowerPoint. or Right. You just find a way to
0: get a vision and make it real. Absolutely. Um, Oh, so here's something I'm curious about. So you got into doing, Um, you know, design for promotional products and things like that. Um, Once you're back in Odessa was there, I'm always curious about this in the small, in the small amount of stuff I've done in the world of like getting things ordered for companies and things like that. um, It's always scary when things can sort of go wrong. The print doesn't come out right or, or whatever it might be when you first started, was there sort of a learning curve of like figuring out, you know, what kind of designs work well on this product and, you know, getting things the right (laughs) dimension or whatever?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I think with, with promotional products, you know, there's a lot of product out there that can only be imprinted in a single color Mm. and that's Sometimes it has to do with the technology, sometimes it has mm-hmm. to do with the logo, sometimes it has to do with the product that's actually being imprinted on, right? Um, you know, and there's all when it comes to like t shirts or wearables, mm-hmm. they're all different ways to decorate now, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas 25 30 years ago, you had screen printing mm-hmm. and you had, um, they didn't even call it embroidery, they called it, um, uh, uh. Oh, shoot. I can't think of the word. It's been oh, so Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, uh,
0: and now I can't think of it. I know,
1: and I'm really showing my age. Um, yeah. Anyway, they, yeah. they had a... It'll come and
0: then, of course, me. like the heat press. Yeah, the heat stuff press like that. And, and
1: some of that, you know. But but there weren't a whole lot of options, especially when it came to multicolor, you know. Right. But now we live in a world where, um, you know, you can screen print... 10 colors on a t shirt, you right. know, um, or you can, you know, sublimate onto a t shirt, right? Um, which, which, you know, sublimation has its own challenges because you can't really do it on darker colored shirts. Oh, okay. It has to be on lighter colored shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, there's some, you know, things that you have to know with, with that kind of stuff. And, and, and yeah, you've got the, um, the vinyl imprint style as well, right? Um, and, you know, it feels like every year there's a new way you've got digital, um, or they call DTG direct to garment imprinting. Yeah. I just
0: saw that the other day actually.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, you've got, and and as far as like going back, some of it has definitely been, you know, live and learn. Um, Sure. Some of it has been, you know, a lot of times people come in with a grand idea, right? It's like, well, that's a great idea. But with a great idea comes a price tag, and, right? You know, and right. it's like, well, my budget, and and so you you really you have to weigh all of those things in, right? Um, you know, because you are not gonna you are not gonna buy a Mercedes, mm-hmm. you know at, at at the you know price of a jalopy type of thing, right? You know? Exactly. And so um, it's kind of knowing and knowing the quality of products. You know, I, I see a lot of people now that, um. they will – they'll come in with a certain style in mind, especially in our younger generation. We have a certain type that we like. We're like, Mm -hmm. I like this brand. I know you had mentioned like the canvas brand. I'm like a a disciple. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like this brand. This is the type of hat I like. Uh Um, And and I found that typically, you know, people are like – and just like anything, when, mm-hmm. you, when you've got a brand that's well-known mm-hmm. and a brand that has a discipleship or a following, right, you know, that brand knows that. And so mm-hmm. they're, you know, but sure. also the quality is usually something that, that, that goes into play. Right. And so when you're dealing with something that's a higher quality, obviously it's going to come with a higher price tag because there's more care that goes into the, the, sure. the building of that product and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um and and i think you know with what we're doing with incline is is really partnering with um, with people partnering mm-hmm. with organizations and partnering with businesses and going okay you know we we want to help you take your message mm-hmm. your brand your style and put that in front of a lot of people, you know, whether right. it's through t-shirts, whether it's through baseball caps, through whether it's through, you know, drinkware or pins or, right. you know, and you and I have talked about some of this of just the koozies, you know, mm-hmm. all the different literally thousands, if not millions of products that right. exist right. in our industry. Um, and I think it's one of those industries that's there and it's everywhere mm-hmm. and people, don't always realize it's there and that it's everywhere until yeah. they start looking. And then they're like, wow, it is yeah. there and everywhere. You know? Yeah.
0: It's well, it's so interesting. Cause like, and I, I'm really curious as to your thoughts about this with most guests, I try to kind of get their perspective on the power of branding or how they've seen that work out. Cause obviously like we, you know, we really push both in what we do for clients and also just when we have people on, we, we constantly want to, Kind of help creative people really understand that, you know, if you're going to be creative or if you have some sort of business you want to start, a big part of your long term success is to think about your brand. Mm-hmm. Not just, you've got to think, for, of course, about like what do I need to sell today? How do I sell my art or how do I sell my product that I came up with like today? Mm-hmm. You've got to figure out those short term sales. But when you're thinking about having like a big impact for a long time, you've got to think about your brand. And what's interesting about what you guys do is, I think, promotional products in a lot of ways is all brand. Yeah, it's it's hardly ever are you seeing like a like a hat that has like a phone number and like an ad on it. A lot right. of times, the whole point is that it's subtler than that. Yeah, it's the idea, and, and whoever came up with the idea of Oh, I know how we get our brand, you know, to have a long term relationship with people. We just put it on what they wear. Yeah. Like that's genius yeah. because then I th- i feel like you're even pushing companies to, to think beyond just like making a sale and instead thinking about how do we make an impression? Yeah. How do we come up with like a shirt slogan or design that is
1: going to, that people are going to gravitate towards? Well, and and let me say this. I grew up. You know, I said here in Odessa, and and we have the Presidential Museum, which I think mm-hmm. they changed the name. It's the Leadership Museum, but it's a presidential museum. It was in downtown Odessa mm-hmm. for a lot of years, and now it's on the campus of the University of Texas at the Permian mm-hmm. Basin. And as a child, I grew up um, with my grandparents, my mama and papa, and my, mm-hmm. our family's business being right down the street from. Um, the presidential museum Mm -hmm. so as a child in the 80s we were pretty free to roam whenever however we wanted sure and so i would walk the three or four blocks down to the museum and i would spend hours in that museum Mm -hmm. and the one thing that i've always come back to is for and i say generations Mm -hmm. they have they have um promotional products from the 1800s mm, in that, you know, of, right. of pin, lapel pins and uh-huh. buttons and sashes and signs and mm-hmm. all of these things that, you know, we don't think about it, but those were promotional products for, you know, presidential That's elections a great point. 150, 200 years ago. Right. Um, and, you know, and I think you, you know, we don't have maybe f- photographs of of back then but you you know you we've had brands Mm -hmm. forever people have wanted to put their name or their logo or their brand literally literally literally. on the things that 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 they were proud of the things that they owned, Mm -hmm. the things that so that when people saw that it was automatic like hey, that's, hey that's, exactly. that's John's cow over there, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I mean, like, and, and everybody knew it was John's cow, and nobody better eat John's cow because it belonged to John. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. And, and and the same thing with, you know, I, I know we're in this election cycle and, and mm-hmm. all that, mm-hmm. but it just makes me think of the power of a brand. Exactly. The power of, of a logo, the power of, you know, a button, mm-hmm. um, and being able to print it on, I mean, you know, I think we said this earlier. If you can, if you can imagine it, uh-huh. if you can think of a product, mm-hmm. buddy. We can, we can put your name on it, right? You know, like right. we can put your logo on it. Um, the sky's the limit. Opportunities are the limit. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people see the value of it. Some people don't. Right. But at the end of the day, um, promotional products are still making a difference yes in our day-to-day lives
0: and I, well that's such a good point you bring up that i didn't even think about it but like branding has been around forever yeah forever and it's it is interesting because it's like we as human beings like especially living just like in a material world like materials are a big part of our life yeah and so I think it's really smart no matter what you're doing, like whether it's like you have like a you know tractor business or you're some new musician or whatever, thinking about the fact that no matter what you sell, you might sell a service, you might sell like a, a, a song, like you can sell things that aren't material and you should still be thinking about how do I get myself into people's life in a material way? Mm-hmm. Because that it really is something that kind of like stays with you sure you know and i think nikki and i were talking earlier about how like it seems like small businesses in a in a big way are just now starting to really come on to like branding being super super important yeah um as far as like especially with social media thinking about that as like an extension of the brand not just a place to like try to sell flyers and things like that. Right. But, but, but just like with promotional products, like, you know, I put myself on a hat so I can get in front of somebody who's going to see that hat. Right. Well, with social media, I put myself on this piece of content so that I get in front of this person. Um, It's interesting though, to see that, like, I don't remember who pointed this out to me, but like small businesses are just now starting to really focus on brand. But the big companies, or like you said, mm-hmm. like politics, the the big people have always known yeah. brand is where it's at. Yeah. Like Apple doesn't really make like advertisements. Right. Their commercials usually are really just like little movies or just like, you know, something to catch your attention. Yeah. It's really not about like Here's the phone. It's this much money. You can get it at Best Buy. That's really not a thing. Or Coca-Cola. Like, I remember even growing up seeing the Coke ads in the Super Bowl, and they never really sold the Coke. It was more so just about a visual. Yeah. The polar bear. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, that's even more smart. You know, like, let's get into, let's get our brand onto another brand. Yeah. You know? That's really interesting. Well,
1: and you think, too, um, there is... I think for the longest time in, in small businesses, because small businesses out here in West Texas are, are are they're, they're the most important to us, you know, yeah. because that's, that's our relationships. That's our one-on-ones. That's, that's, you know, I don't ever call them bread and butter, but right, you know, what right, I mean, right. that's, they're, they're, we all make each other jive together yes. because we're all small businesses. Yes. And, and I think helping people realize that, it's more than just a sale, you know, mm-hmm. it's more, it's how, how does a brand or how does an organization, how do those people make you feel, you know? Yes. Um, and, 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 going back to your, you know, Coca-Cola and, and, um, and Apple, you know, you can go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And you show somebody golden arches. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't even have to say the name exactly of the place where you're going to get that you know, hamburger from exactly. Everybody knows what I'm talking about when I talk about golden arches, Yeah, you know? And, and it's because for two or three generations now, those guys have sold billions and billions of hamburgers. Yes. Yes.
0: And, and I'm sure they have like moments in time where you are making a sale. Yeah. But I think, I think what really helps a business sort of start thinking big picture is, okay, we're obviously going to keep selling things, Mm -hmm. But how do we invest in the brand so that we can make we can sell without selling? Yeah. I think that's really like the main goal. yeah, is like at, no business wants to keep doing cold calls forever, right? You want to get to the point where it's like you just develop a reputation, right. whether through obviously doing a good job, but also like putting yourself out there, just in front of people in, like you said, whatever the yeah. product is. Yeah. If you can get out there in a creative way, uh, you know, the sky's the limit.
1: You yeah. know, I think it's interesting because in promotional sales, you know, we go to these, we have these promotional sales shows that we'll go and, and yeah, and, you sure, know, it's it's you know, um, we'll all go to Vegas or go to Dallas or whatever, and mm-hmm. all the um, suppliers for our industry are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of one of the questions um, that is asked of of distributors is well what's mm-hmm. your you know what's your kind of your main biggest seller, you know, mm-hmm. because some people they only focus on like imprinted t shirts, you know, yeah. or some people they only do promotional products. They don't do wearables. Um or, you know, some only do printed materials. Okay. You know, paper and envelopes and those type of things. Right. Um and and they'll ask and what we found out here in West Texas is A lot of times our answer is baseball caps, Uh you know, know, because in New York City maybe or other places across the nation, people aren't going to work wearing a baseball cap. Right. But in West Texas, we're out here in the oil field, Mm -hmm. you know, and so – many, many people spend hours and hours and hours inside and outside. Mm-hmm. And so rather, you know, they, they wear that baseball cap to keep their sun out of their eyes, mm-hmm. you know, to keep their hair from getting windblown from, you know, I mean, there's yeah. all the different reasons for wearing a cap. And a lot of guys will tell you, man, I've worn a cap since I was 15 years old yeah. and I'll wear it until the day I die. Right, right, and right. so baseball caps is a, I would say an easy sell, Um, because when, when you think about it, you, you're giving your brand a walking billboard. Yes. When you put a baseball cap on something, same Mm -hmm. idea with a t-shirt is you're, 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 you're investing, you know, $10, $15, however much, depending on the style of cap and, and all the design you're investing in that $10 billboard. Right. You know, um, and, and I think, too, we've seen, and I'm kind of backing up here, but we've seen a transition from um, people going, well, I you know I, I want to get a cap for $5. Mm-hmm, well, what mm-hmm. happens with that $5 cap? It's given out, and most people take that $5 cap, and it goes in the back of a closet or the back of a car, mm-hmm. and it never gets worn. right But when somebody is given a cap that's quality that mm-hmm. they look at and they go, man, if I were to go to lids in the mall, uh-huh. I'd spend $30 on this baseball cap, right? right. Here, you know? Right. Um, and so there's this perceived value and they put that as a customer, you know, you hand your customer that brand, they put that cap on and they're going, wow, I feel yes. valued. Yeah, you know? No, that, that, and that's what I
0: was going to say is that it, it's crazy how, branding especially like products become an opportunity to not not just uh simply promote like your logo and all that but actually like you're going to into a new dimension of making an impression Mm -hmm. good or bad like you said because i mean if there's a company that wants my business and then they hand me this hat and it's just clear that it's just like a crappy hat and i don't wear it that could have nothing to do with what they sell but now I have an impression of them,
1: and it has everything to do with what they say, though. Uh huh. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Because what they're saying is, if they're giving you something of value, they're going, right. "Hey, you value you you bring value to us."
0: Exactly. You know. Exactly. And so
1: there is something to be said about giving somebody something that they can be proud of.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, and that's part of why you know when I'm purchasing shirts or or, or anything like that. I'm a stickler in my own mind about, like, this needs to be something that they're going to wear, period. Yeah. Like, no matter what. And it's funny because I even get that way in my own life. Like, I can look in my closet, and there's, like, seven T-shirts that are, like, the go-to T-shirt. Yeah. You know, because it's always going to be comfortable. I like the way it feels. I like the way that the design is printed onto the shirt, where it feels like it's part of the shirt. All of those things Mm -hmm. we're paying attention to, um, to wear when I do need a product uh, that matches that company, I'm going to think of them first for no other reason. Then they're one of my favorite comfy t-shirts. Yeah, sure. Like it's so weird, but, but I think it, you're right. There's been a transition where I'm seeing more companies really care about that Mm -hmm. and realize the power of the impression, right? The impression that makes, because gosh, if I, if I do get a free t-shirt from somebody and it's got this vinyl on it, that when I sweat, it sticks to me or whatever. Yeah. It, whether you like it or not, it you're you're right. It it, it almost is speaking on your behalf mm-hmm. and saying, like, we take the cheap way out. Yeah. We take the easy way out. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's just amazing to me that, like you said, when you really start getting out there and starting to get your own products for your brand, whatever that may be, like, we're going to make a band T-shirt or we're going to get some caps for our tractor company, mm-hmm. and like, you realize – what a giant industry it is. Yeah. And then that makes you realize, Oh, it's because like, this is a huge part of how businesses yeah. make a lasting impact.
1: Well, and I think too, then you have to look and go, okay, how do we set ourselves apart? And right. You know, and and thanks for just segueing into that for me, because uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to take this opportunity to go, then that's where you want to find a company that's, that's doing something a little above and beyond. Right. You know, right. You want to find somebody and that's where incline, Lion. Um, our business. One of the things that that's important to us mm-hmm. is those relationships, right? You know, and and being able to partner with our customers to put their brand mm-hmm. on these products, right. And make sure that what they're getting, whether it is a band, whether it is a nonprofit, whether uh-huh. it's a hospital or a school or you know an oil business, right? Um, that. They get their money's worth.
0: Yes, when
1: mm-hmm. they invest, because it is—it's an investment, right? You know? But it's an investment that, if done well and done correctly, will pay dividends mm-hmm. as we move forward.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right, and I think you know for any for anyone out there who who is starting a business or you're trying to find a way to like monetize your creativity and you're thinking about using products, there's definitely. You, that can be sort of anxiety bring about some anxiety because it's an investment and on top of that, everyone does have for the most part like a, something in their head. yeah I want it to feel like this, look like this and it can really be a detriment if you you get online and you find like the cheapest company possible. Yeah. And I won't say who it is, but one time I I went with a company to, to get some mugs for a business purposely because they were the cheapest. Like right. They came up at the top of Google as get them fast, get them cheap. Well, I got what I paid for, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And and I think a big part of that that was a bummer is when you are, if you really do grasp the power of like, this is going to speak for my brand, you, you are kind of protective of it. Yeah. And I think it makes a huge difference when the people making it know that and are going to make sure they like walk you through the process or, or will tell you straight up like, Hey, what you're wanting uh, on the shirt that you ordered, like, that's not going to look how you want. Yeah. That's going to come in the mail and you're going to be like, Hey, that doesn't match. And so maybe you should get this thing, or maybe we should go this route. It it makes a big difference in this field in particular. You know, I think there's some businesses where you can just get on the website, look at the product and go, yep, that's what I want. Click, buy, comes in the mail. But when it comes to like, you know, this this what really is sort of an art form mm-hmm. of design, you need someone that's gonna like talk to you about yeah. it, you know?
1: Yeah. You need somebody that's gonna partner with you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Is exactly what you need. You need somebody that because you are you are investing hard-earned dollars, mm-hmm. you know. And especially in our current you know, situation <laughs> as a nation and, and, and mm-hmm. knowing that as the world, really the world. Yeah, absolutely. It is as <laughs> yeah. the world, you know, and yeah. so knowing yeah. that every penny counts, then you want to make sure that you're investing those pennies in something that that's going to walk back in your door eventually. Right. Um, And, and you have to, um, you don't want to do that alone. No. You know, you don't want to take a chance and roll the dice. You mm-hmm. want to make sure that the people that you are, partnering with i'm mm-hmm. sorry i keep using that but that's no, just the best I, hey, word for we, it i use that word too yeah i think
0: it, especially in modern day like so much of the partnership side of business is so important especially when it gets into this custom yeah. stuff like that is not something that you just want to say okay you know you take care of it and i'm not gonna you know we won't speak again until i get the product right like especially what's funny i think especially is if you are like a creative or an entrepreneur you're not going to be able to do that anyway no
1: you've got some ownership well and i let me tell you this funny story i know we're getting uh-huh. close to the end but so when i started in this world i i i was a little afraid of bothering the customer oh, you know? sure because they would give me an order and then i thought well it's important that i get them this product and get it right. But I don't need to ask them a thousand questions. Just, you're you know? just going to know the answers. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> going to, I'm just going to assume. And, and I, you know, got burned a handful of times because right. I thought, well, this looks good in my book. This is what I think. And it yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. what the customer wanted. It was, it was, it, it, it was slightly wrong because I had not taken the time to listen Mm -hmm. had not taken the time to really understand what it was they were wanting. And the longer I have been doing this, the more I've come to realize, you know, take the time, like, like for me to sit there and and allow them to really, um, talk about what's important to Mm -hmm. them. Um, and then when I am able to sit down and design what we've talked about, right. Normally, because I understand where they're coming from, we can start hitting it out of the park
0: right the first time, and they'll probably thank you for
1: that. Yeah, like, that that in
0: the long run, even if it might have been a little bit of tediousness, right? They're gonna get like what they really want. Yeah,
1: and you know, and you you juxtapose that with somebody will send me a design. They're like, I like this. Um, or my favorite mm-hmm. is, well, will just design me something. And yeah, I learned yeah, early yeah. on. I was like, no, I'm not just, just designing you something. Right. Because no matter what it is, I design. You, it's not going to be. What it's you not going to be what you want. You know, <laughs> right. because every one of us in our minds, we have an idea mm-hmm. of what we want. Now we may not know how to articulate that or how to show that, and mm-hmm. that's where then it comes into play for us right. to push a little more and go, okay, well, what 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 do you hope to right. you know achieved by this product or this this project Mm -hmm. um and again that's where the partnership comes into play and being able to have those conversations and and now i you know i have people that i've worked with for for many years and i know like i know what they're gonna like and i know what they're not gonna like yeah every so often they'll surprise me but you know i can design something to go oh they're gonna love this yeah yeah and because of that relationship Typically, I'm like yeah or I'll design something and, and honestly I'll think man this looks really sharp but they're uh-huh. probably gonna hate it and that's so funny you know and they'll send and I'm go but I'm gonna roll the dice anyway and send it to them uh-huh. just because I I think it's really cool yeah and um and typically they'll be like yeah that's cool but not not, know, what not, not what I want. Not what well, I want. But like, it's good
0: that you know, like
1: yeah. you, you've been able to develop that. Yeah, and they, you know, it comes with time, it comes with experience, and it comes with with being a, again. I think just listening to people, sure, and being sure. able to work with them, you know.
0: So my last question before we wrap up is, I'm curious, you know, especially because I'm a big theater person as well. Sure. And I, I I can understand, like, but yet I also have this side of me with the color brand where you know we're. I'm creating content digital and stuff like that. Do you feel like um, what you do now kind of taps into that creative side of you in a way that, uh, you know, is really fulfilling? Uh, And do you still sort of like find yourself wanting to find other ways to perform? Like, how do you feel like in this part of your life, the creative side of you is sort of like coming out?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think so because the, the the even the,
0: the the process of starting a business yeah. there's so i think people don't realize how much creativity has to go yeah. into like figuring out how do i sure everyone knows about the tedious like getting paperwork and all that but they right. don't realize how much of that process is creative yeah. like even brainstorming yeah. how do i stand apart yeah. how do i care about what's my message yeah. all of
1: that what what am i trying to, to tell people uh-huh. you know? um yes i I think is the right answer. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I asked like four questions. You know, <laughs> I, 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 um, we're still involved in the local. One of the local. Well, really, there's a couple of local theaters here in Odessa Midland, and we're mm-hmm. still involved in those. And beautiful. And um, and our kiddos are involved in them, and um, and I'm, you know, I, I think one of the reasons that I was so pulled to the color brand was mm-hmm. I, I i'm a colorful dude like yeah. I, you know i love color yeah, i love that you know a lot of times my wife will be like you're not wearing that like uh-huh. you know you go back in and change clothes because <laughs> that's way too colorful and, and i'm a big guy you know sure i mean i know you guys out there in, in podcast world are just hearing my voice but uh-huh. i'm a big dude and um and and, and tying into that we kind of mentioned this to you but um during the holidays i have this side hustle uh, called scott santa and i company. love that so much and and i'm a professional santa and, and so you know part of that being my personality and uh, just you know the creativity creative aspect of it like i'm always the, you know an in, in, in entrepreneurial spirit i'm always looking for something new and something exciting and to help right. us move the road you know move it down the road and whatnot um but, you know, kind of my, my joke is during the holidays is, you know, Santa Scott always delivers, like, mm-hmm. you know, and I love tie it. that into, to Incline now, yes. um, oh, uh, for sure, <laughs> you know, but, but, um, I, I, I think that all of that, to answer your question goes into what we're doing with starting a new business mm-hmm. and, um, and taking it You know, into our community and and across the state, and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, even because of how small our world has become because of, you know, online and and the internet, like what we're offering can, we can reach anybody, really. You know, I mean, probably not somebody in, you know, across the world, but some, at least in our nation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, um, and so I think that, that, my experience from the theater and my experience from growing up just you know always performing in some manner uh-huh. um, definitely ties into what we're doing now you right know, and my wife always we we talk a lot and i always say she's the tether to my balloon you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. because i'm 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 the ideas i always have the sure. ideas i always have vision always like You know, let's run, let's play, let's do all this. Uh And she's like, okay, you know, let's just tether it back down to earth and back down to reality. And we make a great team. I love that. You know, because a lot of times I'll have these ideas that I just think are, you know, in your, you know, your genius in your own mind, you know, and I'm like, this is brilliant. And Uh I'll tell her and she'll be like, that's the most dumb thing I've ever heard. Uh You know, I'm like, okay, so back to the drawing board, you know? Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, she'll say um, the opposite. She'll be like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to take this risk. I don't want to challenge. You know, take right. this challenge. And and my personality goes, but why not? You know, right. If not, it, and I started saying this a few months ago, and I'm sure I stole it from somebody. So whomever, if anybody knows who this statement belongs to, yeah, please let me know so sure, I can give sure, them sure. credit. But, <laughs> you know, I started saying, if not now, when? Right. If not here, where? And if not me, who, you mm, know? Yeah. And that's kind of the choices that I started living my life by. If, yeah. You know, if, if, if I'm not going to do it now.
0: When are you going to do it? When am I going to do it? Exactly. You know?
1: And if, if, if I'm not going to do it here, then where am I going to do it? hmm And if I don't do it, then who is going to do it? Yeah. You know? Now, somebody might. Right. But maybe they don't. And well, so, and I
0: think as an entrepreneur, <laughs> like... You have to have that mindset of like, for whatever reason, I feel compelled to do something different Yeah, and I need to act on that yeah. and I need to trust that, you know, it, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy or it's going to work exactly you think, that all your ideas are going to be, you know, brilliant or anything like that. But you have to, I think at some point have that sort of like, um, you know, if I, if I really have this desire to do this and I really believe in this idea, you know, I I have to believe that like I need to do it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. if I don't, you know, sure you could sit there and think, oh well, you know, somebody else would do it, but like maybe not. Yeah. And not in the way that you're doing
1: it. Right.
0: And 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 I think, I think most people that really ju- decide to jump into being like a creative or an entrepreneur for a living, they ultimately like make that jump because it's like if I don't do this, I'm gonna regret it. Right. I will look back and go, man, exactly what you just said. Like, why didn't, why didn't I do it then? There's never like a, now's the time.
1: Look, man, I turned 40 years old this past year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I have been, you know, talking about thinking about Lion for several years now. Okay. And just, Every time that I kind of start to think, okay, maybe we should get this going, another excuse would come. Of course. You know, another something, or another, or whatever. And um, I finally just, and I said this to somebody the other day, I said, I could wait another 10 years. I said, but I'd be 50, mm-hmm. have less energy than I do at 40. Yep. You know, I might have more wisdom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully mm-hmm. I have more wisdom. Sure. Um, but if not... Now when? Right. Maybe there's somebody listening to this today and they're on the edge. Yeah. And if you made it to the end of listening to the two of us babble, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like now's your moment. Seize it. Yeah, We started a business in the middle of a pandemic. YOLO. It really (laughs) is the case that like I I can understand.
0: I can understand people who say like now's not a good time. But what's so funny is I actually now more than ever see people doing it Mm -hmm. because I think. Yeah, you could look at it as economically. I don't know if now's the right time because there's less money. But what's so funny is I think what really ends up happening is events like this make people go, like, re-look back on their life and just go, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And I just need to... Like, I think it really made a lot of people hit the restart and say, gosh, like, it seemed like the whole world was just so stable. Yeah. But maybe it's really not. And so maybe me having all this belief that I can't do this because, you know, it's not safe or this or that. It's like whoever really knows when is the right time or that everything's going to work out. And it's funny how many people I see taking those risks. Yeah.
1: i yeah.
0: I'm like, YOLO. Do yeah. It. Do it. We're Go bringing it.
1: YOLO back. Is that yeah. what we're doing? That's 2020? what we're doing right yeah.
0: now. But, um, Scott, this has been great, man. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited about the brand. I'm super excited about and the people who listen to this. are the first to know that we're going to be doing some promotional products soon. And I've, that's been on my mind for a while. Well, I know a guy. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, what's so funny is that I actually had them on my mind for a long time. And, you know, getting introduced to you through another podcast guest, uh, just so happened to like all fall just at the right time where we were ready to start making that turn. And, uh, and then you guys came along. So yeah. super excited. Thanks for being on. And we will definitely have to have you on again to talk about all the things we didn't even get to <laughs> and nerd good. out about theater. For yeah, sure. right. Thanks man. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.